Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I've asked uh, just some of the students are going to share and some of our leaders are going to be sharing as well um, uh, about the trip and just kind of giving you an idea of what we did. Um, so I'm going to ask Gary to come and I'll just give a round of applause to Gary for his help. And, um, you know, I said this in first service, I can't say this enough. We thank you and Nora so much. Um, just to tell you, church, uh, this trip would not have happened without this couple um, just giving of themselves and working behind the scenes, getting all the details together. And uh, we had uh, doors open before we went. We had doors closed, and we had more doors open as we were there. So it was really just cool seeing God work out the details of this. And uh, so Gary's going to share with us just kind of some of the things, what we did there. Um, and then we're going to have a couple of our students kind of minister in a song as well as a recap video of the trip, um, kind of a song that we did on the trip as well. And uh, we're going to have one of our students come and share. So, uh, Gary, God bless you as you come and share with us. It was an amazing time. And I just want to start by saying we have an amazing young group of missionaries uh, in the Remix Youth. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous time. I'll just tell you that we started on, uh, on July 18th on Tuesday. Uh, the team arrived about midday. And we planned, we went up on top of uh, the mountain that's right there uh, in Guayaquil, overlooks the city, has a lighthouse on the top. It's called Las Peñas. And the remix group, along with the Chilean missionaries that came to join us there, plus our host pastor and some of the people from his church, we climbed up the stairway to get to the, the lighthouse at the top. And I just have to tell you, that was uh, evidence right there and then, that this was going to be a special couple weeks because there was instant unity amongst everyone, and you could just feel the Holy Spirit just, just bringing us together, looking over the city. We prayed. Our youth prayed. Some were praying in Spanish, some in English. They were ministering to each other. All of this was happening the first night, and it was, it was powerful, and I really believe it, it kind of opened up the way for what God was going to do in these two weeks. I'll, I'll, I'll skip over everything to the last day that we were there. Uh, our host church, uh, called Casa de Dios, um, we had a closeout service. And I tell you, it was special. It was so special. And to see just the freedom that everyone had. I've, I've got some videos of, of these guys. After, after church service, after the, everyone was ministering, some of our youth sang. Uh, Pastor Gunter just, told, just shared his heart, and he shared a message on unity that was unbelievable. Uh, but between that prayer on the mountain and that closeout service, 14 days, 13 days, of God using our young people to touch the people of Ecuador. We went out and we did street evangelism. And one day we were at the exit of the University of Guayaquil where many students were coming out. And we just set up the guitar and we just sang and everyone was singing in English. And, but people kept coming and they kept saying, one after another, they kept saying, I felt like I needed to come and talk to you. 
and people were getting saved. Uh, some of the people that received Christ even came to church, came to some of the other activities. Friendships were formed. That was a powerful, and we had many powerful encounters on the street with people. But we also um, had a goal of going out to high schools and speaking at high schools. And the first one we went to was in the south of Guayaquil in an area that is very poor, a very, an area that's very needy. It's an area where many people use drugs. Many people are, uh, are really living in, in severe poverty. And we went to this high school, and you'll see in some of the pictures, just God just poured out through our youth, really poured out through our youth. And people, we broke down into classes and had, had different themes for different groups and you could just see the Father's love just come over these kids. And it was a very, very special time. So we had that. And plus, we went to two other high schools in a province called uh, uh, province of Los Rios and a town called Babaoyo. This was the place where doors closed, and then they opened, and they closed, and they opened. And we went, and we, we expected a small group of kids because they told us it was a couple country schools. We walked in the door, and there was... 500 kids at, at these high schools. And I tell you, our kids just stepped right up, and they, they just were used by God, and many, many, many came to Christ at these high schools. And it was an amazing time, an amazing thing to see. Miracles uh, really took place. Um, we had a uh, youth concert at the Casa de Dios, and I just have to tell you, Oh, it was one of the most fun times of my life was at this worship conference, uh, worship uh, concert with the youth and just seeing how God was touching hearts. And uh, it was very special. We went to the, we had a day where we said we're going to get away from the city. And we went to a town called Salinas, which is a beach city. And we had one day of just having fun in the water and uh, having a great time at the beach. The day after that, a ministry, a church, a missionary church that's in this city had a pool party for us. And I just tell you, we gave when we were there, but we received so much. They loved on us. They gave gifts to all our kids. They just poured out the love of God on us, and we thank God for that. Um, one of the highlights of the trip, and for me, just to stand there and watch it happen, was when we went to the radio station. There's a large radio station in the, in, in the city. A friend of mine has a radio program there. We had a youth, um, youth hour to just have our youth pour out to the youth of Guayaquil. And every one of our team members, we had two great devotionals, uh, two great messages, and song. Everybody participated, and it was a special moment. You could just tell that the love of God was just going out through our youth to the city of Guayaquil, um, a very special time. Then we went, had one weekend where we went to Porzorja, which is a church plant from this church, our host church, and we went out and ministered in this city. It was a fishing, fishing city, um, but again, our youth pulled out their buckets, drumsticks, the big barrel, and they just played drums in the street, and people were just coming. We, I know of seven people that received Christ just in that time set up in the street, and we really saw the love of God be poured out. I'll, I'll just say this, that God loves the whole world. And, and, and you know what? I've always believed that. I've always thought that, but I saw it 
through our youth. I saw the love of God expressed to a country that has great needs, Ecuador, and it was a special, special time, and just want to thank God for it. At this time, I'm going to have asked Danny kind of share from his heart just what God did in, in his life and through his life. So take it away. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, when I first was planning on going to Ecuador, uh, like the day of and the day before, I, I wasn't really expecting much. I was packing the day of, and it really did not feel like I was going to Ecuador. Um, it didn't really hit me that I was, like, in Ecuador until after I was already there. Um, like I said, I didn't I really expect much. Uh, we went out to eat, and then uh, we met right by the pool at first, and Pastor Gary said that our team was going to come in and join us, and he said it was, like, some of our team, not all of it, and then, like, 30 people just came in, and I was overwhelmed. We all had to, we all stood up, and all greeted them. We gave them a hug and a kiss uh, to most of them. And then we just talked about what we were going to do in the next two weeks and what God was going to do. Um, and then we, like Pastor Gary said, we went up to the mountain and we all prayed for the city of Guayaquil. And um, we were all praying and there were two different languages. Some were praying in Spanish, some were playing, praying in English. But But I feel like we all knew, like, we were, we were all speaking the same thing. We all knew what each other was saying, and that was awesome. And uh, Pastor Samuel prayed for me when I was, we were up there, and right then I knew that the next two weeks were going to be great. It was going to be some of the best weeks of my life. Um, the next day, uh, we went to the Malecon. It was like a boardwalk right by the river. It was beautiful. And we were going to do a street evangelism, and we were going to pray for all the people that were there, all the people walking, going to work, or whatever they were doing. But um, right as we uh, walked outside, um, one of the Chilean team members and myself, we saw this woman, and right then we prayed for her. And right then we, uh, we asked her if she wanted to accept Jesus into her heart, and she said yes, like, 30 seconds right after we walked out the door. And uh, it only went better from there. It only got a lot better. Um, uh, we went to the Malico on the boardwalk, and uh, we, 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 it was a little tough for some of us to talk to the people just because there was so much there. There was a playground. There was so much other stuff to do. But uh, we finally got down to it, and we got to work. Uh, we started praying for people. Uh, we prayed for healings, people's families, uh, employment, so much other stuff. And that was a very successful time. Uh, what else happened? Uh, the next, we went to a school uh, uh, a few days afterwards. And the school, uh, I'm going to be honest, it compared to nothing like what we had here. It, it was pretty sad just seeing it. It was extremely narrow. And... Like, when the kids got out, we were basically, like, blocking a road or an alley, it looked like. And we were just giving our testimonies and sharing uh, our skits and show, and doing our little drum thing with buckets. It was really cool. And we did our worship. Uh, it was the Casa de Dios's worship team and our worship team coming together. 
we were singing in two different languages. It was really awesome. And then, uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, we split into three groups, and we all went into three classrooms. And the classrooms were so small. It was one corner here, <laughs> another corner about here, one about right here, <laughs> and then another right here. And then they stuffed like 30 desks right in there. We were so packed in there. And that was crazy seeing all of that because um, I come from Havre Grace High School, uh, the worst high school in the county. <laughs> yeah, it feels a little awful to say that, but um, and just seeing that and, like, how happy the kids were, and, like, it was incredible seeing that. Um, and then I gave my testimony, and just people were smiling after that. It was, it was great, a great time. Uh, we went to a park, and we gave out free hugs. We were blindfolded. And we were yelling, abrazos gratis, which is free hugs. And it was, I felt vulnerable. <laughs> I felt vulnerable. <laughs> I, I was just standing here with blindfolded with my arms wide open. And people were just coming up and hugging me. And that's insane. <laughs> uh, one person actually jumped on me. And I had to catch him. And when, when we hugged him, we said, uh, Dios te bendiga, Dios te ama. And God bless you. God loves you. And that, that was incredible. We ended up praying for so many people that day. And that was awesome, just opening the gates to so much more. Um, and then uh, we vacationed. Uh, we went to the beach, and that was, that was awesome. It was very beautiful there. And then we, we went to two schools, and we, we were told they were small schools. And then we were setting up. We walked in. And there were hundreds of kids just in, a court, in their courtyard surrounding where we were going to be performing. And right when we saw that, it was a little overwhelming. Uh, we set up and we performed our skits, uh, gave our testimonies, uh, did worship. And Bobby gave a short message. And when he asked uh, uh, people to accept Jesus into their heart, so many hands went up. So many hands. And it was awesome seeing God move uh, while we were there. And that was in both schools. Uh, after the second school, we probably stayed for about an hour just signing autographs. <laughs> I never thought of myself as a celebrity until then. <laughs> just hours signing, signing, signing. Uh, one kid asked me to uh, write on a piece of paper, uh, can I have your Facebook? Because he didn't know how to say it in uh, English. And he was just showing the pe- paper to all the people, just asking uh, for our Facebooks, and that was really cool. Uh, it, it was awesome seeing God move the last two weeks in Ecuador. Uh, and uh, we did a concert at uh, the Casa de Dios, the church, and we were, we, were, we were all just yelling and getting so excited. We were yelling, Fuerza, which is, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, it's, it's one of the songs they sang, and it was, it was a great time in Ecuador. Loved it. Uh, thank you, Pastor Gary and Miss Nora. Thank you to all the Smiths, and thank you for the church for letting us do that, go on this trip. Thank you. I've also asked uh, 
Josh uh, Smith to come and share a little bit from his heart what God did in his life and through his life. And uh, I found out Josh is a terrific translator. Like, oh my goodness. Like, Pastor Gunther and Pastor Willie, they didn't slow down for you. They were just flying, and Josh was right behind them and just, like, speaking in English to us. It was really great. So, if you need a translator, this is the guy, okay? All right, let's give it up for Josh as he shares. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing? Wow, it's so good to be back with you guys. Like, really, it's so awesome to be able to have a home church here in Bel Air that we can call home and we can go out, but then come back and know that we can be edified and be built up and be, be loved on and, and then go out again and go love other people and then come back. It's such a beautiful exchange that this church has in this place. And you guys are awesome. And I just wanted to share, um, uh, Pastor Bobby asked me if I would share something, some testimonies, some things that God shared in my heart. And I was having a really hard time trying to choose what exactly can I talk about because <laughs> there was just so much, so many different topics. And, and, and one in particular came to mind, one moment that I just, I just loved so much, and it just taught me so much about the love of God. And it was at that school, like Dinky was talking about those little tiny classrooms filled with all these kids, and that we went out, played music, with, and we worshiped God. We played games with them. We gave them soccer balls and candy, and they were... It, it's a very hard city. It's a very hard town that these kids were living in. And, and before we went, the pastor kind of gave us a rundown of what exactly we're about to walk into. It's a very bad neighborhood. It was a very uh, neighborhood, like, riddled with drugs. And uh, many who are addicted, many who are suffering, many families who are losing children, many families who their children are going out, getting into gangs, getting into fights, going to prison, many who are getting locked into houses because they're, they're trying to go through withdrawal, but they can't do it, so they lock him into these homes. Very, very ugly situation. And, and, and many of these kids, um, they don't either, one, don't believe in God because of, how, because of the, they can't reconcile. It's like all these awful things around me and, and God, a good God. And many of these kids, uh, they believe that God exists, but they don't, they don't believe that he is love and that God loves them individually. So we walked into this classroom, and I, got the, I was able to translate inside the room where um, Pastor Samuel, the pastor from Chile, shared specifically on the father's love. There's three classrooms, one on drugs specifically, one on premarital sex, uh, and the other one was on, on the father's love. And I was so happy that I got to go to that Father's Love because um, I love that, that, that topic so much because it means so much and there's so much depth to it. And, and we walk in and it's, it's a classroom with all the youngest kids uh, from the school. A tiny little classroom, but it was jam-packed with kids. So they're like crawling on each other. They're like yelling. They're like, they're like screaming, hello, hello, trying to talk to us <laughs> because they saw all these Americans. So they were like super riled up. <clears throat> and then we walk in. And the pastor just begins talking to them and begins talking about the Father's love. And we, we, you all of a sudden see this classroom that was so, like, ecstatic. And they're to just kind of come silent for a second. And then he begins to ask questions like, how many of you very rarely ever feel or hear the words, I love you, to your life? And I would say, like, 75% of the kids raise their hands in there. Uh, either their parents abandon them, either their parents never tell them that they're loved, or their parents uh, actually say the opposite, very destructive things into their lives, saying, you, you won't amount to anything. Look around you. The circumstances are impossible. You're, you're not going anywhere. And, and these kids raise their hands, little, little seven-year-old kids. 
And that broke my heart. And I know that breaks God's heart too. And it was unbelievable to go into that place and to see Pastor Samuel begin to, he, he, he started to share about this man. He didn't name him yet. And obviously it was about Jesus that he was going to share about. But he starts talking about this man and everything that he did and everything that he, his heart did and what God did. And, and he started sharing about that type of love that he has for humanity, for them. And then he asked them, he was like, why do you guys think about this? And these kids were like, this is crazy. This, this doesn't make any sense. This, this, is, this is a love that I can't understand. This guy must be stupid or something because it's ridiculous. And, and, and these kids are like yelling this back at the, uh, the pastor like, this, this can't be. This is insane. And then he like reveals who it's about. And he's like, this is Jesus loving you guys. This is everything that he did for you. This is what he does for you today. This is what, how he loves you right now. And, and it was unbelievable to see like the wonder in these kids' eyes just like glimmer and just like flicker on. And they're like blown away. And, and it was amazing to see the father's love just come down and touch the hearts of those kids right in that moment. To see that they're valued, that they, they, they have a plan in their life, that God is a good God, a good father. And, and whatever circumstance their natural father had showed them or their circumstances on earth does not change the fact that he's a good God and that he loves them so much. So to be able to represent the father and, for me was so unbelievably, like, oh, I can't describe it. I can't find words to describe it. It just... It, you just feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're like, this is it. This is so awesome. And, and then I began to think about everything that Jesus did, everything that he was about. He came down and, and you know, he, he saw the Father do and he did. You know, he heard the Father speak and then he spoke. He, he was the greatest and the most perfect revelation of what a good God is, of who the good Father is. And then he goes and says to us, you know, it's like, like I have been sent. I send you now. You know, he just goes like, tag, you're it, go. And, and it was, and to be able to be part of that, I know I shared this that one night at the church. Like, I just laid my head on the bed each night, exhausted <laughs> because of everything that we were doing, which is with a huge smile on my face because, like, wow, I, I was able to be a representative of my God. <laughs> That's so good. It's so good. So, Wow. I want to thank you guys for all the support that you showed for this team. I want to thank you guys for all the prayers because they do matter. They do change things. Your prayers do change things. And I want to tell you that it's, it's so impressive. It's so mind-blowing the length that God will go to tell somebody I love you. He will go to extreme lengths to tell you I love you. Extreme lengths. He did that with those kids in that school that day. He did it with the Quechua Indians or natives that we went to and talked to them. And he, he went as far as sending a team from Bel Air, Maryland to Guayaquil, Ecuador to tell people, these kids who've never heard the words, I love you, the saying, God loves you. Isn't that insane? That is so awesome. <laughs> so I don't know where you're at today, but I just, I just want to give you a word of encouragement that God will go to extreme measures just to tell you I love you today. So even I want to be a mouthpiece today. If you're sitting in this place and you're not feeling loved, you don't think that God is a good God or you haven't felt the love of a good father, I want to tell you he's there. He's real. He's alive. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much. 
So, and, and uh, I'm just filled with such eager expectation for this house and this church as we're beginning to go out into this city. I think liar, fires were lit in this team, in this youth, and I think it's just going to spread across, like, this town, and, and I'm just so excited. So thank you guys so much for everything that you guys are. Thank you, body. Thank you, church. I love you guys so much, and thank you. Amen. Thank you, man. That was good. Amen. Well, I'm going to go to Mark chapter 6 after all that, and uh, I, feel, I feel encouraged. I'm ready to go again. Uh, <laughs> makes you want to go on a missions trip, uh, you know, again. But I think, you know, I told the team this the, the last day we were there, that just because the trip is ending doesn't mean God's mission for your life has ended. Um, God's mission will always continue on. Um, in your life. And if you're here in this place, if you're here on this earth, that means God's got more for you to do. And uh, this morning, we're going to just share briefly a few moments from uh, the gospel of Mark chapter 6 about the gospel through us and how God desires to work through us. And uh, you hear these stories and, you know, how these things take place. And I believe it's because of an expectation that is created that God desires each and every person to have. I believe God desires for us to believe that he can do the impossible. Because if you read the beginning of Mark chapter 6, it talks about a town, a place where Jesus went to who did not fully believe, who in fact there was much unbelief. And because of that, there was a limited amount of ministry that was done in that area. And Jesus only did a few things there. That shows us the power of unbelief what unbelief will do to a person and what it can do to a community of people. Where if you say, you know what, I don't believe God can do that. Guess what? You're not going to see anything and you're not going to be a part of anything because you have said, I don't think God can do that. And you're not going to be able to see it. And it's, it's much better to live in the place where you say, you know what, I believe God can do it. I believe God can do the impossible. I believe God can reach that person. I believe God can use this church and bring, bring love into the community and bring hope into hopeless situations. Because you can come into a church, and you can look at everything that's wrong in the church and neglect all the things that are happening in this church for the glory of God. You can say, well, I think this is missing, that's missing, this is missing. Or you can say, you know what, we just sent a team to Ecuador, saw hundreds of people come to Christ. You could say, you could look at the mega sports camp where we reached dozens and dozens of kids. You just heard that story about how many kids gave their life to the Lord. You could focus on the fact that we have students and adults going to California right now using the gifts that God has given them for the glory of God, not for themselves. You could focus on all the other things that are negative, or you could focus on the things that God is doing. That's not even my notes. It really wasn't. You can look for yourself. I think it's important for all of us to focus in on what God is doing and what he wants to do. Because I believe God wants to do more than what you and I could ever expect or imagine. In Mark chapter 6, verse 6 through 13, Jesus sends out the 12. And he says, he gives us three different things I want to point to very quickly. It says he gives us authority in verse 7. It talks about this. He says, he called the 12 to them, or to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. Because, you know, what's interesting is Jesus is victorious. And I love this part of just telling this myself over and over and over, that because Jesus is victorious, he gives us the authority to be victorious as well. That he conquered death, he conquered hell, he conquered the grave. And he was speaking into people who had uh, demon possession, and the demon would flee because it could not stand in the presence of God. Sickness 
could not stand in the presence of God because it had to flee. It could not stand. And I think this is the beauty of what Jesus is doing. Rather than Jesus doing everything, he says, you know what? I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. I want you to take part. You may be thinking, well, why would God do that? That's why this is the greatest love that we could ever know. Why would God choose imperfect people like us to do things for his glory? It do, you can't wrap your mind around that. You can point to bits and pieces and say, wow, that's really cool. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like Josh said, when you just lay down at night and you say, wow, I get to be a part of something that's so much greater than myself. I get to wake up every day, not just go to work, not just go to school, but I get to be a part of people's lives. And when God prompts on my heart to say something, I want to be obedient to that because he has given me authority over the situation, that he has given me, he's going to give me what I need, that we can fight from victory. We don't have to fight for victory. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors. How do you become more than a conqueror? Well, it's easy. You don't have to conquer anything because Jesus already conquered it. You don't have to worry about it. You get to, you get to walk in victory. You don't have to fight for it. Jesus has already given it to you. And he says, take hold of it. Trust me with my word and follow it. And I will give you the authority when you act in my name. I remember like we've talked about some of these schools. I walked into a, a classroom. Josh took told a little bit about a classroom he was in. I was in a classroom with 11th and 12th graders. We walked in there, and I was, um, you know, to say the least, there was something there that I did not recognize. It was, a, uh, it was kind of a depressing spirit, I guess you could say, is the best words I can describe it. These kids have never, you know, most of them haven't been told that they've been loved, been cared for, and they could not, and I love the fact that they could not figure out why we were there. And I was like, good, because I get to tell you why I am here. And so, you know, some of the students shared their story with them, and I began to share the gospel with them, and Felix translated for me, and there was two, two or three boys on the corner of my eye, I could see them, and there was about 30 in that room. Um, two or three of the boys were off to the side, and they had their hands over their face, and I thought maybe they were sleeping or something, and I looked out of the corner of my eye, and they're, they're crying. They're just, there's, they've never, I don't know if they've never heard the gospel, or they've never been told that they've been loved, but they saw love for the, maybe the first time. They saw somebody from Bel Air, Maryland, come all the way to Ecuador just to tell them that Jesus cares for them and Jesus loves them. And in my room, and I mean, this is similar stories all over in in that school, not just that school, but the other schools we went to as well. And as well as the community, we had about 75% of that room just give their life to the Lord right there because they saw something that they wanted and they felt it. And I told the first service, I wish you could have saw the faces when I walked into that room, when we walked into that room the depressing look on their face. And as little by little, as that time went on, we were in that room, there was, a, there was like a light bulb came on. And a little by little, you start to see them smile. You start to, you start to see them kind of lock in with you. They're, not, they're paying attention now because they're hearing something maybe they've never heard before or they've never heard it like that. And so from that, we, we see that God has given us authority over things that maybe we were not able to see, but God sees it. And we walk in Jesus' name, it flees. The second thing is this, he'll, he'll give us what we need. In verse 8, 8 through 11, it says, These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except the staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. It, you read that, and you probably just got scared to death. And you were just like, wait a minute, am I getting on a flight to China after service? Um, no, I'm not necessarily saying that, but if, if Jesus tells these disciples to go and do something like that, as extreme as that, that could be, and they went and did it, 
and had an amazing report to give back to Jesus. I mean, certainly, certainly we can go out into a community we live in and go into a workplace we work at and go to a school we go to and attend and do the very things Jesus has asked us to do. It, I mean, this is extreme things that Jesus has asked them to do. But because they acted in faith, God provided what they need in, the, in those moments. He provided them with resources. He provided them with the words to say. He provided them with the actions to, to do. And God over and over and over showed up. And I think that's the greatest thing. But the thing that happens to many people is they play this game I like to call the what-if game. You start to play out the scenario in your head. Say, well, what if, what if they don't accept me? What if they don't like me? What if, what if I don't have the money to do that? Or what if I don't have the ability to say that? What if I, what, you know, and you go on and on and on, and you start saying, what if, what if, what if, what if? And because of that, you play that what if game. It's, the, the ministry of God is now being diminished in your life and through your life because you are not stepping out when God has told you to do so. And because of that, you're experiencing God on a limited basis, a diminished basis, And it's a dangerous and scary place to be because then you become bored with Christianity. You become bored in your relationship with the Lord because you have stopped expecting God to do great things. You stopped believing God to do great things. And you're living in that town where they stopped believing God to do great things. And Jesus could only do a few things. He couldn't do many things like he wanted. I believe there are many people in this room, the reason why that you aren't that you need to get into a place like these disciples, like what Jesus is asking for, is you've got to get past your unbelief. And stop saying to yourself, God doesn't want anything to do with me. Yes, he does. He wants everything to do with you. Stop saying to yourself, you don't have the ability. Yes, you do. God says, I'll provide what you need, when you need it, at just the right moment. God's never early, he's never late, he's always on time. So stop worrying about what you're going to, what you're going to do, what you're going to say, and how people are going to respond to you. Just step out in obedience. Just follow the Lord's heart and his prompting. You know, one of the things I I prayed over our church that really touched my heart was the lack of fear that these Ecuadorians had, including those that were from Chile. They were not afraid of you. They didn't care who you were. They didn't care your story. And and, and even if they found out you were kind of a scary person, they did not care. They went and they, they talked to you. And if you, deny, if you denied them, they said, okay, I'm going to the next person. They, they did not care if you, if you were going to say something, uh, uh, be sarcastic with them or reject them. They did not care. And I said, God, this is, a kind of, this is the kind of faith I want every single person in this room to have. To have this, to have this faith that they don't care about what others are going to think about them. They're just going to go and do it. Because this is what Jesus taught me to do, and so I'm going to do it. The same love that he gave to me, I want to give to them. You know, one of the things that, you know, I wanted to mention this, um, we were at a uh, kind of like a, we had like a little church service, I guess you would say, outside um, in this basketball court area. And uh, it, was a, it was a relatively dangerous place, um, just with drugs and things like that. We we're having a church service there, and there was a, a man that caught my attention, and Gary was with the man most of the time, but, um, you know, Danny came up to me and he said, do you think that guy is drunk? And I said, that guy is extremely drunk. I can just tell you, I can, t- I can just tell you that he is extremely drunk. Like he is, he's gone. Like he's not going to remember this night. I can tell you that. Um, after, fi- after hearing me say that, one of the coolest things I think for me and the proud moment I have uh, being on that trip was seeing uh, Danny walk up to him and talk to that guy. And I thought, wow, 
He knew he's drunk. He knew he wasn't going to remember that night. He still talked to him. Still gave him hope. Still said that you're worth something that I'm not going to ignore you. Because it's the heart of God. And I saw our group. I saw our group stand around him. And he kept saying these words. God could not want anything to do with me. God doesn't love me. God hates me. Look at me. And he's, I don't know, 67 years old, whatever he was. And there's our group surrounded him. You know, the, the book of James says, we have, the tongue has the power of life and death. He was speaking death over his life. But our team spoke life into his life. They spoke life. Because you know what? They knew God loved that man. And I felt God say to me, he's not going to remember this. But I don't need a man to be sober in order to have a seed to be planted in his heart. Whew, okay. Last one is this. He'll give us confidence. Verses 12 through 13, it says, They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. I love this because God gives us confidence. You know, when, we, when you walk into situations, church, there's going to be situations you cannot identify with, but that does not mean God can't use you. God wants to give you confidence to speak in the situations. People cannot recognize it, but they want it. And they say, why does this person consistently inviting me to church? Why is this person consistently telling me they pray for me? Why is this person consistently trying to tell me about Jesus? Why? Because over and over and over again, you're going to tell them it's Jesus. And I believe Jesus wants to give you confidence. A confidence unlike any other. You know, and I believe that, you know, one of the other schools we were at, uh, we were told a time we showed up, we were, but apparently we, there was somehow, they just, I don't know, we dropped the ball or they dropped the ball about this time that we showed up. We were basically 30 minutes late. So I was thinking, oh man, here we go. We're going to try to rush everything together. And uh, we did the ministry. You know, a lot of different kids received the Lord and, and teachers were touched. And we found out afterwards, because we were late, because we showed up late, the mayor of a city we were at showed up right on time <laughs> with us. Basically, the time we showed up is the time he showed up, and he brought a whole news crew with him and filmed it and got to hear the gospel. The news people got to hear the gospel. They talked to Gary afterwards, and they were able to, basically, he was able to tell them why we were here, and they played it on their news station. That whole city got to hear why we were there. And, you know, God will give you confidence to, to just, you know what, regardless of what's going on, regardless of the details, regardless of who, who said what, the miscommunication, regardless, God says, I am in control. And Gary said it best at the end. He said, sometimes God's in the delay. And God was in that delay. He was waiting for somebody that he wanted to see. And in fact, the guy was, you know, he was inviting us to his house. He wanted all these different things. And we're like, well, we got, I mean, we appreciate the offer. It was a truly generous offer he gave us. But, um, you know, we had other commitments to, to go to places. But he said, next time you're here, please come see us. You're, you're, you have open access, basically. And, uh, you know, the reason why I say that is because, you know, that we can look at this trip and say, wow, that's, that's great, that's awesome. But you just look at it from a, from a distance, look at it from the sidelines and say, wow, that's a great thing God did. But can I just say to you, God wants to do that on an everyday basis with you. That God wants to empower you. God wants to speak things into your heart. And he says, speak that out into those that you're talking with at your workplace. And some of us are going to say, but what if I get in trouble? 
Jesus said he will provide what you need when you need it at just the right time. And if God lays it on your heart, he must know something more than you do. I mean, you've got to consider that God knows more. And he's already been, th- been to that situation. He already knows the situation at hand. And, uh, you know, so this morning, if you're here and you want to know um, just what God can do with your life, just simply just say, God, here I am. Take me as I am and just minister through me. Give me what I need, even when I don't know what to ask for. That's the heart of God. And I believe the heart of God is for crowds, but it's also for the individuals who are drunk out of their minds and who need, who need a touch of God. Jesus ministered to thousands. He also went to the woman at the well. He also went to centurion. He also went to so many people. He even ministered to Judas, who he knew what Judas was doing. And he still washed Judas's feet. Jesus knew how to minister to crowds, but he also knew how to reach people one by one. And to that, that's the heart of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, and then we're going to have Pastor Paul come and do communion. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you just for just the amazing time we've had here today. Thank you for the stories. Thank you for your testimonies that we have been able to share with everyone, and I pray that you'll be with each and every person. Let each and every person, as they walk out of this place, know that they are loved by you and that you want to use them for the glory of God to take them places they never thought was possible. And Lord, even wrap their arms around people who may be drunk out of their minds or who may be an outcast, Lord. You want them to still feel the love of God. And Lord, we pray that you will use this church, Lord, to continue the mission that you have for this community and for the people that are in our lives. Lord, we thank you, and it's incredible. In Christ's name we pray, amen.